Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888-904-2524. Onward we go with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio begins right effing now. How about them apples? The boys are in studio. Hello, Corey. Hello, Ira. It's unbelievable to be back. I can't believe we're back. Is this? You've never been more excited to see me in person. True, true. That's not a high bar to clear. It's not a high bar to clear, but absolutely, Ira. That's true. (laughs) Corey and I gave each other a hug. In the parking lot when we pulled up at the same time, r- roughly the same time. Corey was early. That's never happened either. I was the first one here. Yeah, you yeah that's how excited been, I am. Yeah, you were geared up and ready to go. It had it been a 10 o'clock start time, you would not I have would been still be getting here right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that happened. But when we hugged, it's the first time our bald heads have ever touched. Well, I kind of let you really, envelop me. I, I felt, just, I did. I, I engulfed Corey. <laughs> yeah. And then our heads rubbed against one another. And I shaved mine this morning. I did not, so you probably felt a little felt a little rugged, but I liked it. It Just feels good to rub heads again, man. uh, To do it again, yeah. After all this time, I I didn't get to, I didn't get to hug the gray fox (laughs) and feel run your fingers through that. I I intentionally came a few minutes late to give you guys that moment. You wanted us to have the time. Appreciate that. Uh, Register Sausage is the sponsor for the hour, as always. What a glorious hour it is! Is this the uh, first studio? Trio for Register yes. Sausage. They've never been a part of the studio hour, which is legendary. You're lucky, Register Sausage. You get grandfathered in. This is great time. Mm. We, you know, we for most people we double it up uh, in cost. But right. uh, <laughs> for you guys, since you came on strong, we'll give you a few bonus episodes of in studio. It's it's exciting re- it's exciting times for Register Sausage for a lot of reasons. They're, They're growing one, all over the as place. As we mentioned, they've grown. They've expanded a lot of Winn Dixie stores across the southeast and the mm. Central Florida, North Florida. Obviously, also into South Georgia and South Alabama, the Panhandle been going strong in the Panhandle for a while. 
But they're also looking, you know, we've had some people asking about, can you get it at Publix is in North Central Florida? And uh, what I would encourage you to do, man, is, you know, let, let your grocer know. Because mm. like, we in, really need this. I was in a store and I was in, in my local Publix the other day and this lady was like, oh, I can't get this back home. I'm so glad we can get it here, the registered sausage. And the thing to think about is go it, there's nothing against going to your grocery store manager or employees and saying, hey, hey can get you get with can the you program? Carry Go to sausage? the kid that's bagging your groceries and say, hey, Joey, can we get registered <laughs> sausage? Because I, I, it. I can get it when Dixie across yeah. the street. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. So, well, my business or not. So it wouldn't be a bad thing to let them know that you want your registered sausage. The jalapeno and, uh, cheddar. The takeover continues. It feels, uh, it feels like uh, the kind of overwhelming effort we get uh, with the ACC network here in town. You got you know, you get the opportunity to reach out to Comcast and let them know we want the ACC Remember how network. that works, It's worked. Ira. It's worked yeah. real well. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been an overwhelming success. <laughs> the timing of your piece on Warchant.com couldn't have been better. I'm not going to accuse you of stealing. I wouldn't do that. Oh, I did steal, but it was Ira's idea. Oh. Ira's Told Why did you talk about column. it too? Oh, I led the show with it yesterday. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, we met. We met at 11 a.m. and he told me what their lineup had been. I that day. Okay, so I checked it. That's so funny. Look, it wasn't hard for any of us to deduce that what they're doing is insane. Mm. And so I think the timing. <laughs> we're, we're, we're really proud that we came to the conclusion. <laughs> yeah. Simultaneously all... and separate from one another, us three geniuses mm. had this idea. Well, the thing of it is, I was looking at the lineup on that Monday morning. On the Packer and Durham show, that's which their, is their flagship show. That's their show. flagship show. It's their fine bomb. It, yeah. Ugh. Anyhow, so that's the worst part about the piece is that you had to mention that clown 16 times in it. I know why you did it. Yeah. The point is um, I'm, I'm sitting there looking at the lineup, and I thought it was a joke. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I seriously thought it was a joke. I thought it was a pretty good joke. I was like, oh, that's good. That's rich. Mm. You're making fun of the SEC. That's funny. But you're Okay, so what's the real lineup? When are you going to talk about the first overall pick, which was an ACC product? Uh, and – then I saw there was another lacrosse interview, not just one, mm. but a second one. I thought, oh, oh, so there are a couple. And I understand it's conference week. All right. So then I looked again, and I saw a third, and then a soccer, and then some dude talking about, I don't know what he's talking about. And soccer. I just, I thought, well, really, they're serious. This is what they're going to do. They're going to give us three hours of lacrosse today. <laughs> That's what yeah. it, sprinkled in, as you noted. With a little soccer, just in case you got it. It was a little too much. In case you really Let's were close to turning the TV You're off. Like, man, that is three lacrosse interviews. Got what? We got soccer next. I couldn't believe it. I. What are we doing? What? What is? What's going on here? That is. I. I can't. So my question is this. And you went to great lengths to point out you're not making fun of uh, uh, either host. Fine. Uh, I just can't believe that Packer or somebody else wouldn't say to their producers, hey, man. Enough of this. Well, Enough. I mean, I just. I, How do you keep talking to so field hockey coaches? I've been very fortunate to choose my topics almost every day that I've ever been on the air. That's not the case with everybody. I understand that. And as you move markets and things like that and have other responsibilities, you've got to take on those and, and do what people need you to do to move the needle. And so that, that so on the one hand, I, I get it. On the other hand, though, I think if I'm the host on a flagship station, understanding that football drives the bus and everybody understands that, I would say, hey, man, you, you know what kind of a-hole I look like? Talking to the, the, the girls goalie lacrosse player on a Monday morning. After the draft. After the draft. 
when the ACC was the second best at producing NFL talent? Forty-something players, you're gonna, including the number one pick. Right. You're going to have me doing this? Why? Like, listen, I'm not in love with the idea of talking to Dabo Sweeney again, but I think I probably should since his quarterback went number one and, and or, the, you know, the actual quarterback himself. I mean – I don't know how that doesn't come up. I don't know how there's not more, and maybe there is. Well, I think it's a to me. My theory is that there's a there's a feeling their mission. I think they feel like their mission is to promote all of their programs and to promote all of their schools. And okay, that's fine as a vanity project, but that's not how you're going to make. You don't any make money. money that way. That's why you have Joe Namath ad running every nine seconds. Yeah, in the night vision binoculars. That's how you, you do know, it. but. And I think a lot of it, and that's the problem, a lot of the, you know, the school websites and conference websites, the challenge they all have is, you know, they're, they're torn between promoting, if they don't promote their teams and their products, then they hear bitching from the coaches of those sports. Who cares? Well, I'm just telling if you, the that's what happens. If the coach bitched at me, I say, have a good day. So, so what happens is internally, I'm sure they get people saying, hey, why don't we have this on? Why don't we have this on? Can you promote this? We have a conference tournaments come up. Can you promote that? Right. We're going to be programming. We're going to be showing those. So that's, the, that's one element of feedback they get. But the other side of it is the, pe- the people that, that might draw interest, and Corey's point, I thought one of the points that really illustrated is the Twitter followings. The ACC network has 70-something thousand Twitter followers. The SEC network has a million. Yeah, and now you're not going to catch them. No, that's you're okay, not. But you're definitely not going to catch them if you leave but, with a little cross. And it's 77,000. Yeah. You know, yeah what a, isn't that close to what Warchant has? Oh, yeah. yeah we yeah, have over yeah. 70,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's so it's just – I was thinking back that really a lot of this kind of crystallized in my mind back when – the whole Dabo Florida State thing happened over COVID during the season. Where he got where he bullied Florida State, yeah. So they had me on. Uh, Packer and Durham had me on that Tuesday or whatever. One Monday, I think it was the Monday after the game got canceled, and I kind of gave Florida State's perspective why they did what they did. This is why they felt like it wasn't fair to be criticized. Not that I'm carrying their water, but I've got well, I, you had I know sources, what, yeah. and you know the same source. Their I perspective, have. we know their perspective. Yes. Well, so then the next day they brought on the Eric McLaughlin guy, who's their I guess that's his name, the Clemson grad, who is on their he's one of their analysts. They had him on the next day, and he gives Clemson side. Wouldn't it make sense maybe to have us on together? Yeah, it would have been outstanding. That would and be, or have both coaches on fight right. like hell to do that and have the actual coaches on think, or ads. Don't you think that's what the SEC network would have done? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I think so. So it's just there's not a there's not a mindset of creating interest content. They just yeah. don't. They don't care about it. Well, In football, it, they know that they now know football oh, is the only thing that matters. That. They, they've known well, that, they've though, come along slowly. Yeah, they, well, they were I still mean, pushing basketball. If the ACC network had unveil that meeting they had with John Skipper and everybody yeah, yeah, at the yeah, ESPN. Yeah. They they got up there and said basketball is going to be our special sauce. Like that's going to be what really. And it's like, man, no, it can't be. It can't be. It has to be. It has to be lacrosse. It, it has <laughs> lacrosse. It's a growing sport, man. Well, what I would say is that this current commissioner, the new one of the ACC, certainly knows that football is the key to life. Given that he had to go to a bunch of academia heads and say Northwestern needs an athletic facility that gives them a chance to compete in football with Ohio State and Michigan, and he got the money to do it, yeah. he convinced them yeah. of the important. Now this is a this is Northwestern, so he gets it, and he's in a way got to do that on scale much larger now because of the ACC's academic rigors that certainly differ from the SEC. And yeah, you're going to have to do that. I mean, it's. And this is wow, it's, it's only one, you know, it's it's one part of the puzzle, but it's indicative of the whole problem. Yeah, I think it illustrates the whole thing. It's like there's no other. The Big Ten Network is not bringing on five lacrosse people. 
SEC Network, Feinbaum's never, ever interviewed anybody associated with the sport lacrosse. Well, they don't or have lacrosse in the SEC, so that's one reason why. Oh, well, but even if they mean, did, <laughs> but, but, you know, like, gymnastics yeah. is big in the SEC. It is. It's, it's very big. Legitimately it's, on, is. it's on the old Sunshine Network every freaking day. And, the and they get crowds, man. The SEC schools, they turn out yeah. for gymnastics. But I don't think it's on their talk show. Yeah. It can't be. It's just football. And it needs to it needs to be football and basketball that drives the train. If you want to sprinkle in a Matt Nelson because he's got twenty home runs or Kerkorian yeah, yeah, because yeah. it is odd that they've gone five months, six yeah, months without playing well, and now if they they're win in a the national NCAA championship, tournament. you're gonna have a national championship winning coach on from time to time. That's completely but you're not, understandable. You're not try- the whole point of having the network is you're trying to catch up with these other ones. You're not going to, but you're going backwards if you're not if you're not concentrating on football. It's like we want to carve out our own niche, yeah. which is sports that nobody cares about, <laughs> talks about, or watches. That's our niche and you're gonna have two we'll football guys we're the uppity group and you feel and you feel bad for like west durham he's a football guy that has to keep interviewing field hockey and lacrosse people and it's like man this doesn't make any sense well, this isn't a yearbook i do wonder though i would have loved to have heard the heard the mission statement yeah. i mean you don't well, launch, they need to burn it you don't launch that network and then sit down with your hosts that are going to be your flagship hosts and say now guys Listen, we're not the SEC network. We're not these mouth breathers. We're going to go out here and really get into volleyball and Ooh. soccer and tennis. So, guys, let's brush up. Yeah. Let's make sure we know. <laughs> know the rules. You got, <laughs> you got to talk intelligently no, man, how about How many starters it, Louisville's got coming back? I mean, and not have that conversation be met with by those hosts with – you know, absolute uh, over-the-top despair. Like, I would have thought at that point, you're like, you you do realize we're setting... I would have been incredulous. I, uh, guys, I get it, but you do realize we have to have an audience. Yeah. Audiences matter. That's a big deal for yeah. networks, yeah. usually. It's, like, it's, ratings we're and gonna have to get sponsorship, yeah. those are usually big deals. I have deals. a question in regards to this, though, while we're brainstorming and pointing out the weaknesses, something that they could or could not do. I want your thoughts on this, because I talked with a coach recently who brought this point up, and he said that uh, so did our football coach. Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. So the thought was, and you had a chance, Ira, did you talk directly to the new ACC commissioner? Yeah, we did. It was a small group of media that turned out. I think several media members were invited, but it was short notice, so there was only a yeah. few of us there. Yeah, so I, I, what I wonder is this. I know that there had been a conversation that the ACC has spent so long trying to catch the SEC and the Big Ten, and some believe that the way to look at it isn't to say we have to endeavor to catch them, but we have to create our own path and so and find our own new revenue streams, whether that's digital or whatever it might be. Okay, non-traditional ways of going about the process of a, of programming and pursuing something different, so that maybe many years from now we look back and they're having to adapt to the ACC as opposed to the opposite. What would that look like? Well, he he was asked a question along those lines, um, and I can't remember if it was me or Jerry Coates, one of us. Um, um, asked a question along those lines, and he said part of the commissioner's job is to not just see what's ahead of us, but see what's around the corner. Right. Which I thought was a really good line, and uh, I'm sure he didn't invent it, but it's a good line. And uh, and um, It's not lacrosse. <laughs> he, yeah. he, but he has made that comment that – he. I've seen that comment publicly from him that – the answer may not be in just these TV contracts. It can't be. Yeah. Because you're not going to catch them that way. And so um, so figuring out what that next way is, he did not divulge to us what that is. Um, but, yeah, I think that's the mindset, is trying to figure out what what's the next land that we can kind of conquer. And um, In the meantime, though, but, you, have, you have to get on the track. But, on the, you have to get in the race with the network. And you're not even on the race the way they're doing it right now. But even within that, though, the the premise is – 
you know, the understanding is it's football. You know, and oh, that's, it's got to be. And John Swafford kind of started saying that towards the end of his tenure, the last couple of years, because no he was trying to negotiate with that ESPN contract. But, you know, it's this is a guy that comes in with 100%. And even saying, not only is it football, but it's not basketball. Like, we're going to emphasize basketball. Basketball is great, but that's not going to be our ticket. And, and making sure everybody understands that. And all decisions have to be made with that mindset. Um, so, no, he didn't specifically say what it is, but he did make the sim- a similar comment that it's not just trying to, you know, fight for the same corner that the SEC and the, the Big Ten have already cornered. Well, you see where the world's going. Amazon Prime now has Thursday Night Football exclusively. Like, you, it's a digital product. You can't get it yeah. on your, you know. So, this is where it's headed. I think you got to find like new that, competition. That's, you can't, that's correct. Everybody going back to ESPN and saying, hey, Give us more money because you gave them more money. No. Is not working. Well, they're going to say no well, and for the problem, lots of reasons. Yeah, and third to get started or fourth to get started. Exactly. And that's the problem. The, the ACC has inherently is... Sorry, your phone's ringing. Oh, thanks, man. Come on. Um, the problem the ACC has inherently... Jeff, inher- I apologize. <laughs> the problem the ACC has inherently is you do have these smaller schools. And, and so I would even get to a point, speaking about the ACC network and what gets broadcast... You'd have a, if I was running it or one of us was running it, you'd have a hard time convincing me to spend a lot of time talking about Wake Forest football or any, you know. Unless just they're because, playing Clemson. Yeah, just because they're, they're football, yeah. right, right. you know, doesn't mean. Like that, Duke or Wake yeah, or right. BC I would or focus, whomever. You know, I'm yeah. focusing on the big the big ones. Yeah. Um, but, but I would still certainly be focusing on football. Well, and, and behind uh, the scenes, you'd be imploring those schools that if they 100%. would like to be talked about, then they have to seriously upgrade their right. efforts in football. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, we used to have a lot of fun at Duke's expense for good reason with the track around the field back in the day. They did invest, and they have gotten better. I mean, on the whole, Duke football is not still an item, but it was a, there was a reason briefly to talk about Duke. Oh, I think there was a st- uh, somebody, David Hale or somebody tweeted the other day that they've had like – eight guys drafted in the last, I don't know, seven, eight, ten years or whatever it is, and, and I'm not sure the exact number, but they had had eight in the previous, like, 30 years yeah, or something. Oh, yeah, so no, there they, has they, been. They did a better job. Yeah. And, and you know, look at, you know, Kentucky and the SEC is not a, a power, but they've and they put an emphasis on it. It's not a graveyard anymore, right? And that's what has to happen. To your point, what, what, he, what Jim Phillips did, the new AC commissioner did it, Northwestern is, made it a priority, and they have a good coach, and they've, they put money into it. And that has to happen at all these schools. It can't just be up to them to decide whether yeah. or not they want to invest in it. Yeah, that's my. Uh, I do wonder because it's it's that's why you hope to hire a visionary, a guy who has a a sense of or his finger on a pulse of what's coming around the corner, as you noted. Because we can all say, and the three of us have, rightfully so. Look, guys, it's football. You're barking up the wrong tree over here. Let's get on the track of football, at least in terms of your flagship show on the ACC network. But it has to be way more than that. It has to not just be that Packer and Durham are talking football. Sure. It has to be like, what are we going to be five years from now? And what is it going to look like? How are people consuming their sports in five years, seven years? And you hope that you have a guy who is connected to those people, those advertisers, those visionaries, the ones that have broken through and created other revenue streams. Because Florida State's not going to do it using traditional methods. I mean, not Florida State, excuse me, the ACC. Well, for that matter, Florida State. And I some mean. more background on him for people that uh, haven't paid close attention. So he was not only Northwestern's AD, but he was very ingrained in the Big Ten leadership that negotiated their TV contracts. Well, he was the guy that was going to be the next Big Ten commissioner. Correct. Politics got involved. He didn't get it. It made him available to the ACC, and the ACC has to feel forever fortunate. Yeah. Yeah, and he's so he's a basically Chicago guy. He's worked in big markets. He's very connected, connected in the in the TV industry, but then also emerging industries. And he's not at the end of his career, you know. I mean, he's yeah. he's he's done a ton, 
But, I mean, he's a guy that you look on paper and say, okay, man, that guy's got 10, 15 more great years and really could put the ACC in. So, I mean, everybody that I talked to at FSU that met with him, and a lot of people did, and you, you talked to some people as well, mm-hmm. came away very impressed. Everything I've heard has been very positive. I've never heard a negative word about the guy since the day he was whispered to possibly be a candidate for the position. I talked to somebody who knows him well. We know this person. I talked to a couple people, actually, who had worked with him. I talked to an, another coach who knew him, and they were all elated. They were over the moon. I mean, so I say that because I think that the fan base feels uh, a sense of desperation, yeah. and it's easy to feel that when you're getting lapped Yep. And, oh, by the way, this one once great franchise that is Florida State football is is not anywhere near where it's supposed to be. You, you combine those things and you're like, well, God, it's doomsday. At least it's good to know that it's widely thought that the new ACC commissioner is doing a 180 from the old ACC commissioner and is a bit of a visionary and is universally lauded as the best possible candidate that could have been hired. That That's good to know, at least. And he might have Corey's new uh, TV uh Programming director. I was wondering if he'd, I'd get an email or a call just saying, hey, you want to spit, spitball some ideas? I did uh, I did email a couple of our friends at the ACC office this morning and let them know what was coming. Oh, but, I mean, could they argue with anything I wrote? No, no. I mean, it's impossible. I, In fact, so I told Ira this. Um, you saw Brady's home run. I tweeted I it. did. I saw it. Yeah, I was so excited. The ACC network tweeted one of the snippets from their lacrosse interview. <laughs> one, of the, one of the lacrosse one interviews. One of the lacrosse interviews. Can't remember which one. It might have been the goalkeeper or the midfielder. Yeah, not, not sure. Which, yeah. Not sure. Yeah. Um, it had 12. I looked at it last night at like 7. It had 1,200 views on Twitter. 1,200 views. Brady's That's, home run had how many views? 10,000. Yeah. I mean, it's you're not trying to do – your audience does not want this. Nobody wants this. So what are you doing? What, why are you doing this? Who are you trying to serve? And what is your goal as a network? To get people to watch or to make the North, the North Carolina lacrosse coach happy in the 12 people that go to their games? It's, it's, it's crazy. Do you think that the lacrosse coaches, when they get that call about their big chance on that Monday morning? Are no, like, it's not a big chance. They're like, oh, God, we got to do Packer and Durham again. I actually thought to myself that. Yeah. I thought, do they go, really? Again? I, why do you want to talk to me? I'm the <laughs> lacrosse coach. I mean, I like lacrosse, but I, yeah. I, was, I was actually thinking this morning, could you guys get Dabo on instead? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to hear about that the Trevor Lawrence pick to well, the Jags. Let me tell you why I bring that up. You guys know, and most of my audience knows, or anybody that listens to the headline knows, I've worked now for almost five years with Trey Jones, the golf coach. We're fast friends. We talk about everything in in terms of what our hopes are for Florida State and our dreams are for the ACC. And I mean, he's he's through and through pushing for the Knowles to be great at everything, right? When we have these conversations, he's like... Yeah, I don't. I don't. I got called to be on such and such. Yeah, you know, and he'll, he's the golf coach of a team that's ranked number one in the country, and he's like, I yeah. don't understand that. I don't know who's tuning into that. <laughs> now it's not like now if he got called by the golf channel, it would right. make sense. But the ACC network, you're like, yeah. Eh, today's today's lineup. I just looked it up. Uh, the first interview was Notre Dame softball player. Second interview was a Virginia baseball player. Okay, well that's yeah, relative. The next relative. one is a Duke mm. women's soccer player, mm. and then the Miami athletic director. That's their. That was so Miami AD. That was their last one. That was big the big get. big finale. That was it. That's the, those is were Miami interviews. making some sort of announcement? Uh, yeah, yeah, Otherwise, maybe he's talking about the draft. Maybe they're like, <laughs> hey, we can't get Manny Diaz. Let's get the AD. <laughs> Seminole headlines. Ninety-seven nine. ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole headlines returns now on ninety-seven nine ESPN Radio. What do we want to segue to, boys? The draft. We're the just draft. talking about the draft. Yeah. Let's talk about the draft. I was kind of going to argue that we can't make fun of the ACC network for <laughs> a whole hour. Never and, touch on the yeah. draft. And also, 
you know, in, in fairness, you know, we're going to rip the ACC and the, the devotion to football and, you know, the program we cover is obviously not very good and not contributing in a great way. Not currently. Not for a lack of effort. Currently. And it's also for not for a lack of effort. Right. Yeah. Florida State puts money into football. It just hasn't had success. They lost but, their way for a little bit. Yeah. But that uh, that draft was tough, man. And I, I, I kind of, you know what I was racing for Saturday night? I'm just glad that the guys who didn't get drafted at all or drafted much lower didn't than they expected crazy. didn't go on Twitter and rip the school or but the coaching staff. Part or, of their problem is that they did. Yeah, they learned their lesson. I well, mean, part of their did. problem is that they did previous. Uh, so it's it's funny how this works out. Now, again, I always try to preface these things. If I get something right, I like people to know that I'm not so arrogant to believe that I'm I'm always right. I get things wrong all the time. Yeah, we tell you about it. That's right. That's why we're that's what we're here for. Yeah, that's why we're I in get studio. texts and emails and phone calls and voicemails, guys. You wouldn't believe. I throw the, bricks through your window. The amount of times I'm reminded about being wrong from these two. But I I got into an argument with Tom when the when the Marvin Wilson stuff happened with Norvell. And that was if you you guys recall this that was a volatile time yeah. I mean in our country yeah. okay and and as it pertained to race relations and many high profile it was legitimately setbacks. also the same day. I can't remember what Drew Brees did but he drew the ire of well, many of his teammates said, he, said he the would always stand stuff up about or, the flag and all yeah. that all, yeah. so Michael Thomas ripped him on Twitter him that on Twitter. evening yes okay. that evening so listen there was that and a few other things sure. you're correct to remember that now what I said to Tom in the moment was that this is not born out of a misunderstanding that emotions are running hot right now about a very meaningful subject and a very transitional stage in our country's history. So I get we're talking about something really yeah. big and not a kid on social media. We're talking about something big, big, big. It was worldwide. Yeah. So I, I get that. But I said to him, can you listen to me for a moment? And I'm going to talk to you about the football and the relationships in a locker room between coaches and players. Now, I didn't play at FSU, but I played a lot of football. And it felt wrong, and it felt like a reach. It felt like he got swept up yeah. in a moment. Yep. And I expressed that, and I said, now listen, the, the reason I brought it up was I said, sometimes I like to throw things off of you because I'm, at that time, of 48 years old. And you're, now you're, you're almost 50. Now, I'm almost yeah, 50. And almost I said, dead. yeah, so I said, here's the deal, man. You're in your 30s. Am I way off base to tell you that I think he got caught up? Understandably, he's emotional right now, but he's equating this misstep by Norvell with these other much bigger mm. issues, and I don't think they're the same. And we kind of went back and forth on this, and at the time, I said, and I'll tell you something else he did, he just cost himself millions of dollars. He vehemently disagreed that he didn't cost himself that money for the very reason that athletes were now speaking out, and we saw what Nike did. In terms yeah. of who they align themselves, I said, "Well, again, you're making the mistake that I think he's making, which is that you're equating these things, and they're not the same thing." So fast forward, I think I'm right. That's I'm not happy about that. I'm not saying it as in ha ha. I'm saying is, I'm saying it as in if you couple that with the way that coaches viewed what he did and that unproductive season he just had with injury, you get undrafted. Yeah. That was just, it's too It's always it another, it another layer. Yeah, it's if, a he huge play, layer. if he played like he had played the first two, the previous two seasons, sure. he gets drafted. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. get drafted Period. where he would have, right, but yeah. he gets drafted. But you combine that with everything else, and it's like, man, I, he just, it's still, it's, it's hard to wrap your mind around. We talked about it last week. It's, it, it, 
you could you could do a, a documentary on his career. I mean, it's, it's, it's a crazy thing because to, he was very productive. There were yeah. moments in time where he was dominant at the college level. Tamari and Terry, who's a one-trick pony, had a thousand-yard season. Yeah, I mean. And yet, there he goes, undrafted. Now, his his volatility seen on the sideline against Miami. Plus, he had a tweet, too. Married with multiple yeah. tweets that were dumb as hell, by the way. Nonsensical yeah. tweets. Th- then you're looking at that guy going, okay, you're a follower, not a leader. You're not terribly bright. And you're a one-trick pony on the field. That's what it would come across from a distance. That's what you would read if you looked at his social media and then you saw that outburst on the sideline. Again, I've covered him, but I, we've never sat down and had lunch, so I don't know that much. But what I'm saying is that's the way I would perceive it from afar. The inability to interview him in the ways that they do normally for combines in the psych tests and everything that they get to do, which they didn't get to do here, and the poking and prodding of that, players. That process, I think, would have helped Marvin. Yeah. I'm not sure it would have helped Tamorian. It might know. have with straight line speed and to see him physically. I, I don't know. It might not have. You're right. The point is, all of that in a non-traditional draft with the inability to really get up close and personal and talk to these guys, it's staggering to think that those two individuals did not get drafted. It's also not good for Florida State, man. It's not good to have the number one player in the country come to your program and not get drafted. Number, I mean, and he was at one point really he was rare. the number one I mean, player in the country. I'm just saying that that a number one player that produced that produced for yeah, a couple he played, of years. He played really It'd well be for worse a couple if years. He hadn't. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And I think, and I started to get into it in my column, which you know, t- touched on a lot of these topics. Was I do feel like it's heading in the right, right direction? And I, I alluded too. to that, but I didn't go too far down the road because man, people we have to know. see it. Yeah, we got to yeah. see it. Yeah. Well, lesson learned, right? But I would we all agree collectively that we're shocked those two players didn't get drafted. I'm not as shocked about Tamarian. We talked. I was stunned week, about Marvin, not not Tamarian. I was stunned much. about Marvin. I thought Tamarian might be a late reach. We talked I, about seventh round yeah, last. I just week on the to show. me, and I'm not trying to kill the kid, but I just think there are so many problems. I mean, I think you know you you when you when you make your your you know your boxes on the positive and negatives. There's just so many negatives with him. I, I mean, don't and, disagree. And a lot of them the, are on the field. But you correctly pointed out in your WarChant.com column. Non-scholarship athletes from Division Three got drafted. Yeah, a kicker, a punter, another kicker. Two long snappers. Yeah, this kid, Two had, long snappers. This kid had 1,200 yards. We had in a, a game guy productive and, and, and on the college football field against Notre Dame last year in the Power Five. Yeah, I, that's why we. That's why I thought it was stunning. I just thought there were so many on the other side of the ledger. I so mean, many there are guys, issues. but I mean, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. Clearly, so are the NFL scouts. I just. Criminals, bona fide criminals with felonies have been drafted. So when you talk about there are so many other problems, well, Jesus, we've seen kids yeah. get drafted w- with felonious rap sheets. On the bright side, though, don't you think? <laughs> and Tyreek Hill would be signed by every team in the NFL tomorrow if he became a free agent. What you really hope that comes from this, though, and, and we obviously we all hope Tamari and Marvin have careers and are successful in the NFL, but what you really hope, if you're a Florida State fan, is that the players in that locker room who for the last three years have looked at those two guys as the best of the best, the best athletes on at their positions, the most productive players at times at their positions, guys that they all saw as alpha dogs possibly who could be first-round picks, to go undrafted, you got to think that's going to make them reflect on how you handle yourself, how you handle your business, what you, what you, how you approach what you do, and nothing's going to be given to you. I mean, it, it, there's so much more that goes into it than just your ability and what you did two years ago on a football field. Could you, I, what I wonder because is. Because I think that'll help the whole program if, yeah. that, if that's message. I completely agree, but what you said is critical because you're asking the players, you're hoping, sorry, that the players reflect, take the time to digest what just happened, and act accordingly. I, I hope they do too. 
I wish, though, that there was something, and I don't know the way to do this, for the coaching staff to address it. But they got to be they careful be with really that. Really careful, yeah. man. You don't want to use your yeah. own players as examples of what you know. I mean, so I thought, God, there is a lesson to be taught by coaches who have been around the block a lot more than these kids have. I mean, I'm not trying to insult the intelligence of the kids. I'm saying these are 40, 50 year old men that can talk to kids that have seen this play out countless times and try to address it without dogging the two guys that yeah. just left your program. It can't be it's, see what see what happened there. Yeah. It's got to be more. Listen, man, like, what, what can we what learn from there. that? Yeah, we need to learn from this collective. I really wish this had gone differently for him. And how I mean, you can even ask them, like, what 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 could he have done differently? And you know, maybe just have some conversations about it because you can't just go by. It just can't go by as a waste. You of can't pretend like it didn't yeah. happen either. You know, I mean, like you you would want to talk to your guys and say we're we're trying to prevent this. We're trying to get to. Again, I hope they make it, and I'm going to do everything I can to help them make yeah. it. But please understand, there's a bigger picture out there, and and you got to be very very mindful of that on a daily basis. There's and a you got to those guys. At the end of the day, you got to produce like Kando. If you want to get in the draft, you hey, got to produce like my man Kando. We said Kando would get drafted. I didn't. I mean, I. Oh, you had to know that at the very. There's a place for an edge setter. He's sure. not a pass rusher. We established that very early. Yeah, he he's established that very early. Yeah, he's not a pass rusher. But you don't have to be to be a good defensive no, end in the NFL. I, yeah, I guess. I you I, would you would think you'd want somebody that had a sack. Just to see what it looked like, just for muscle memory, that in the if he gets close to a quarterback I, in the I, next I, couple I agree. years. I, and listen, nobody was more frustrated by the endless ceaseless conversation around Kane Doe before every season than I was I made that abundantly clear and was called a hater for it because I would say to Tom you know that kid's not going to make it not going to create a sack I mean we would hear oh he's dominating Kim. okay you know, he's dominating Kim against our sorry ass offensive line no but he's not going to do anything and then he didn't but he did set the edge against the run and he is built in a way yeah, that you can't teach I yeah. mean that guy is massive and he's smart and J-Rob too is big he's just never been healthy either and that's the thing you root for well, I hope he's healthy and that was why we thought that last year might be different because he was finally healthy and then it just wasn't. Um, but J-Rob, you know, the thing about J-Rob is... He looks the part. and, I, and he, They both look the part and I kind of hate that they get lumped in together because J-Rob made some plays. Made, yeah, he made, made some, some plays. plays. Yeah, he wasn't and, terrible. Yeah. 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 No, and, and by the way, one thing we didn't mention this entire segment before we move on, congratulations to Asante Samuel yes. Jr. who, despite playing on that defense, yeah. the embarrassment of embarrassment in FSU history on defense, that whole collective group that was shamefully hideous to watch... <laughs> That dude still got drafted. And played hard. He played hard every game. That's what I was going to say. You know what you never saw out of him? Bitching. You you never saw him throwing up his hands at the safety. Yeah, yeah. You never saw Uh, him. I was at the Virginia game when the hands at the safeties happened. That was the best. (laughs) I was there in attendance. Yeah. That's, that's what we do, guys. That's when you know it's a quality program. The Virginia are, fan sitting next to me was like, geez, did you see that? I go, every week. Every week, <laughs> It's baby. always something like it. Any deep pass. Every week mm. it's, it plays out. Seminole Headlines. I just Spin Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Wrapping up the hour. That flew past. That's what it's like when you get back and you've made a lot of music together. Mm-hmm. You know, we've produced, I don't know how many albums, eight, nine albums. Yeah. We go off, you, you're you with your family, I'm with mine, you're with yours, and we're nervous when we get back in the studio. Like, who's going to break the ice? Well, and I've done some, some solo stuff on my own. You did, you wrote, a, you, you gave an interview that was unfortunate, <laughs> said some things sure. about Ira's ability as well as mine. Sure. Uh, you tried to backtrack later on when you were questioned about it, but we read it from afar yeah. when we were on vacation with our families, and it hurt at the time, but we thought, let sleeping dogs lie. All these years later, the many different fights we've had on records and with producers, 
we've found a way to make it work. Yeah. We've always produced another good album, but you just don't know when the magic's gone. And you come back in here today, Corey lays down that first baseline. I yeah. and I hear it, we react. Mm. It's, I'm not. I'm not the bass player. You're the bass player. I'm the guitarist, lead singer. No, no, no. But, but the bass player, man, is you, you want to be the bass player. Yeah. he's usually the guy that writes it. It's he's, the rhythm, he's, man. Boom, 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 boom. There it is. Yeah, it's, that's what like I'm doing. That, I looked at I yeah. over at me, and we started nodding, <laughs> and the magic it had been sparked yet again. Like he still got it. He still got. <laughs> he it. I was still, worried about him. Arthritic hands. He still got I can it. Still Look at it. He can still do it. Yeah, that's the best stuff in that Tom Petty doc- documentary. Oh, is, the Bogdanovich one. That's yeah, three and a half hours long. Is when they talk about just the you know when Petty would come back to the Heartbreakers and then they would just that how the dynamics changed. Oh, completely. Yeah. And, and then he would still have all his ass whooping tunes and the drummer turned out to be a yes. dick. Yeah. <laughs> the way he tells the story about free falling is the best. Yeah. The guy's I mean, like, I don't really like that song. I don't, don't want to be a part of it. Like, and he's like, and it was free falling. It was. Free- <laughs> Well, that was a record of hits. Every oh, song yeah. on that album yeah. went like, to top ten, and he's like, he hated that record. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry I made a genius album. <laughs> you know, you were set up to make a lot of money in that moment. The, the other part about that documentary with the same drummer is when he was going to play in the LA. Viper Room. The Viper Room. He's like, I'll just get Ringo Starr. I was like, oh. <laughs> heard of him? That had to hurt. He's like, let me just call Ringo then. Sorry about that. You're busy. Ooh. I know you're busy. <laughs> That's a tough one, man. John Bottoms going to join us. I don't yeah. know if you... Neil Peart said he'd sit in. I'm not sure. <laughs> Buddy Rich is going <laughs> to... That would have to be the best moment, oh, just man. the nodding. Like, and to let, him, one. Know. Oh, and yeah, let to him know. Oh, yeah, to let him know. That's okay. Don't worry about it. We, we, we're, we're good to go. We're yeah. going to go star. He's going to fill in. It should should work out for us. Um, all right, so anyhow, we're making magic again. The hour's flying by. And that's a good thing. You know what is not a good thing is that I have perhaps been the biggest defender of this baseball team, but I'm getting worried. The Detroit series concern you guys? Hey, that singular series make you worry? As, or were you buoyed by dominant pitching against a one game above 500 team? Nah, man, they're all or you should, terrible. You should have you got some of Corey's texts the game you went to on Sunday. Well, yeah, it was, and I missed my kid hit a home run for that game. Yeah, we They won. still we won, won the game. and they actually the made game. some plays in the field, but That's the right. first 27 outs of that game. Yeah. Between the two teams. Between the two teams, 21 were strikeouts. Well, this is an overriding problem in baseball. Yeah, but it's it's Did more you see so. The stats yesterday it's for more so with, with yeah, but they're facing ninety eight. If Florida State batters, like Notre Dame has struck out half as many times as Florida State batters. Well, of course, of course pointed out the guy that the, the guy, guy started that for Sunday for Troy had twenty six strikeouts and forty seven innings coming in. He had nine and four. In what, what I don't understand. I'm a little confused. I don't understand. I'm I mean, a little it's, confused. It's not like Meat all of a sudden became a terrible hitting. Coach. That is correct. There's something going on there, and it has to be confidence, doesn't it? Doesn't it have to be confidence? Yeah, or, I think yeah. So. but it look, can't be anything else because guys that used to hit aren't hitting. Well, yeah, sure. And uh, you're you're basically you're a lineup of one kid, one and a half. Robbie Martin, two. Jiggle that thing for Ira. I'm good. I'm good. You want me to jiggle? I'm that just gonna Ira? hold this. <laughs> I'm gonna hold it myself. It's cord, right. cords coming. Uh, can you hear? Sometimes I just like to hold it myself. All right. Yeah, but there you, you can go. Hear I was right now, say like Corey's that. there to jiggle it. But the pitching was good and the defense well, was the good. The pitching's usually good. But man, that offense—it's hard to watch. Man, you got to wait around for a Matt Nelson home run almost every game. Or Cabell pitching, might the, get into one. The yeah. pitching has to be there. It has to be dominant, and the fielding has to come through the way it did on Sunday. Yeah, because when it doesn't, like the day before, they—I think they gave up the They scored seven runs. In a, in a weekend against Troy. Which is weird because the weekend prior, they yeah. hit the bejesus yeah. out of the baseball on the road. This make it got to the road home That's why I'm curious, really I'm curious to see how they play against Notre Dame. Because you're right, the Georgia Tech, they were lights out for most of that. For, I don't know, 20 of the... Talk about a toughie, though. Like, there were people that wanted Link Jarrett as the head coach yes. here. 
Mike Martin Jr. is now the head coach. Link Jarrett went to Notre Dame, and they're number two in the nation. Notre I always Dame feel baseball. Like, I know, and I always feel like, well. And they're both great guys, I think, get along great. We're going to find out what, what the answer is five years from now. It's not now. It's yeah. not a singular but season. It's, it's not just, a great look early. For the people that wanted to, the, oh, the people that wanted to hate me, yeah. this is the, all the fodder they needed. The thing is, though, and I, and that is always true, but the weirdest thing about college baseball is that you can have, and Florida State proved it for a long period of time, teams that win an abundance of games, in fact, record-breaking numbers of games, and have it not add up to I like two. how Meat's trying to switch it around. Well, like, so, barely get into the tournament if I, you get in at I, all. I will, then, I will say this. that then that, Think back now. There have been plenty of teams that looked on paper to be Holy average, based on yeah. record, that went off to Omaha and had a lot of success. Now, I'm not talking about Florida State teams. That's happened recently. It did two years ago. But I'm talking about teams that challenged themselves with their schedule and didn't care about 40 or 50 wins. They just challenged themselves with their schedule. And then also treated midweek games very differently yeah. than, than, than 11 did back. For, you know, Listen, it's hard to criticize 11. He obviously is one of the greatest coaches in the history of baseball. I'm just saying there were approaches that other teams took, and they would come in because of that, having lost a lot of midweek games to lesser teams. And then when the postseason started, you're like, oh, well, they're really good. They've well, been t- and, you know, you see, and you see the same thing in the NCAA basketball tournament. What happens What happens if you do come through that yeah. is you're galvanized because everybody's been dogging you all year. And you've been calloused. You've gone through the works, man. You're tough. You know? You've been in tough situations. You've gone through losing streaks and overcame it. You've gone through slumps because you faced dominant pitching for two weekends in a row and you came out of it. You know? You've calloused yourself against it. I think Florida State, in, in, in a weird way, is a team that could – have that productive postseason that would make you forget about the regular season. I, I think the pieces are there. I can't predict it's going to happen, but I do think those guys are there. I mean, well, they that, got the pitching. They just have to. I mean, there's just something has to happen in the second half of that lineup. I mean, just something. Anything. What could Anything. happen? I mean, they got guys happen? batting ninth that are hitting one. But they produced in the, uh, the Georgia Tech series. Oh, they all produced. Yeah. And Nander was hitting his ass off yeah. for about ten days. Yeah. And then all. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you do either. And I do feel like Meat's probably at his wits' end. I mean, he started 20 different guys in the lineup. 20. I didn't know you had that many hitters on the team. That's evidence that he's at his wits end. He wouldn't do that otherwise. I mean, he's not a guy to panic. But when you do that, you're telling me something. You're pushing buttons that aren't working, and you're frustrated by it. Credit to any coach who does that who says, look, I can't sit idly by and watch this guy. Even if he's my guy, I I can't let this happen. But it is evidence that you're trying a lot of different things that just simply aren't working. And, yeah, it's got to be a lot of pressure. It's got to be very, very, very frustrating. Luckily, they do have the pitching to fall back on. We'll get into headliner questions momentarily. Hang tight. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next.